0: Woke up this morning to look out the window, I heard the rain on my roof
1: last night. Good morning, everyone. Linda Santavica on Pressing Beyond. Today we are speaking with someone who fortunately knew what his passion was early on. From the time he was six years old, William Campasana was playing the piano. However, it was a high school incident that prompted him to pick up the guitar, and the rest is history. Aside from guitar and piano, William writes, produces, and he also collaborates with other musicians. But what sets William apart is that while he is immersed in the music industry, he is still a sophomore in college attending NYU. Good morning, William. Good morning, Linda. How are you doing? I'm doing great. First, William, as mentioned, Pressing Beyond is first about doing what starts from the heart and what's on our heart gives us purpose. Your gift of music came to you naturally at a very young age, so would love to hear about this.
0: Yeah, it definitely started from when I started to listen to music and classical music in my... And so I started playing piano when I was six years old, and I took lessons, and I kind of really found that classical music and and Beethoven and Chopin and Bach and Debussy uh, were some of my favorite things to listen to. And I didn't know why. I kind of just found it perplexing and enchanting and a lot of their music kind of transported me out of the car ride that I was on when I had my headphones in. But like, there was something about it that I really wanted to capture. And I kind of wanted the superpower of being able to play thought of this stuff as the pinnacle of human expression uh, when it came to music. And I I I couldn't really put my finger on it then, but I really wanted the the superpower I called it like back then to, to be able to play. While piano
1: was how you started, eventually the guitar came into play. How did you transition from playing the keys to playing strings?
0: That's it was a it was a long journey and it has been like a lifelong journey of kind of picking up new instruments and changing like my Primary instrument or what I'm the most comfortable on to perform with. Started with kind of end of middle school, uh, eighth grade. I broke my wrist. I kind of had to take a break from piano. It kind of distanced me from piano for a little bit. And I, at that same exact time, I got into high school and started uh, singing choir a lot more in jazz choir uh, and magical choir. And I was doing musical theater a lot more. And so I was cast in a show. Uh, called A Very Potter Musical, which is a spoof on Harry Potter. And I was uh, cast as Harry Potter who uh, plays guitar in the show and lulls a dragon uh, back into the its nap uh, with a guitar ballad and uh, his magic. And so I, I learned the couple of chords that it kind of took uh, to play that role. And I and I sang at the same time and I kind of really enjoyed playing the guitar. It was a very difficult instrument to get into your fingers hurt the first couple of times you you try to practice and play and get into it and it's and if the strings aren't set up it's it's a nightmare to 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 play again and it's once I kind of you know four months of of practicing every day the same three chords in the same song and and then another song and then another song and kind of building my knowledge of oh this is a b minor this is a d this is an e and kind of building that up, it I kind of started to fall in love with being able to play and sing at the same time. It kind of just took off from there. And it and it's it was a it was a really great way to me alone connect with the audience and express myself. It was something that I could do.
1: That's wonderful. To be so young and to master the piano and the guitar knowing that you are from New York, you eventually moved out to California with your family. And it was near Newport Beach, Dana Point to be exact. And I saw you on a social media posting where you were playing under a bridge by the beach. And there was this great article written in a local newspaper that headlined, is that John Mayer singing in the tunnel at Salt Creek Beach? No, it's William Camposado. You and I talked about this and so many wonderful things happened while you were under the tunnel of this bridge.
0: Yeah, it was a long, long journey getting there and finding it, really finding a home in that tunnel. Uh, But that beach, Saw Creek Beach in Dana Point is like the most popular beach. It's the most famous. It's the most beautiful, in my opinion. It has a wonderful paved pathway down to the beach, down this hill and uh, it has a really great grass area for just people to have picnics on or run around and play frisbee and it's kind of just paradise if you picture what paradise is you don't know it this is that place and so i walk by this tunnel all the time and the sound in the tunnel is incredible and it makes all the instruments and sounds and voices in it sound like it's dripping in gold basically. And so I wanted to find a place to practice playing. And so I brought my guitar there and started playing what I was learning at the time was Blackbird uh, and, and like Eric Clapton, Tears in Heaven and James Taylor finger style uh, guitar stuff that I was really into at the time. And I didn't, I wasn't really playing and singing at the same time yet. I was more just playing and kind of trying to get better at guitar, but I, I was just there. The second day that I was there and this family of four walked by and they, once they walk by, they usually keep on walking, but these two kids kind of ran back and dropped a dollar each Put out my guitar case. And I was like, Oh, thank you so much. And it was a really cool, awesome experience to like double take like, Oh, whoa, I can do this. They like generously just gave me money and I will accept it. So I kind of took a step back and it was like, Whoa, this is a great way for me to get better at this and play, but also I could make money. And so I started going there for the next two years. I basically went there every weekend from five o'clock to, till after sunset with Christmas lights surrounding me and a little speaker and just trying to set the mood for people going down to the beach. And I just learned all of the California beach songs that I possibly could. And I played just as 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 much music that people would love to listen to as I possibly could. It, it was it was it was an awesome way to make money too. But I always told people when when they walked by and they didn't have money, I always told them, "I'm it's all right. I'm making music, not money."
1: But you know, it's interesting. It's like you almost you went there to practice under this bridge, and they're giving you donations. Like you're getting paid to practice.
0: Exactly, exactly. It was a lot like that. The way. I think people learn their instrument and how to, perf- how to, how to play better is by performing. And this, this guy, one of my biggest inspirations now is this guy, Jacob Collier, who's a multi-instrumentalist musician extraordinaire. Who, he says that like 90% of learning how to play, you learn through performance. And hmm. that is something that I really took to heart there. Uh, once you always have people walking by and hearing you, playing your best and always trying to play your best is really important.
1: Yeah. And it gives you a lot of confidence.
0: Yes, it, it definitely did give me a lot of confidence that I wouldn't find
1: mm-hmm. if
0: I were just in my garage singing mm-hmm. My Heart Out or something like that.
1: Yeah, it's just so beautiful to be in that environment, you know, near the beach. Like you said, the acoustics from under the bridge, it all lend itself to your love for music. Now that you are back in New York attending NYU, what are you majoring in?
0: Because my make- guess is music. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, it has to do with music. It's, uh, as much as I love to just be a jazz musician or uh, study solely music theory or music history, I chose to study music business. And at NYU, they have a really great program that couples music training and music practice and music studying with the actual practical business applications mm-hmm. of, of the music business. And so we, we're learning to navigate the music business Uh, what the touring industry is like, what uh, record companies, how they function and what are all the roles, all the roles that are in record companies, everything that has to do with selling and distributing music. The streaming industry now is really big and that's been a really big hurdle for the music industry to adapt and it's changing every day, especially now more with uh, the COVID era Mm. and trying to adapt with that. But it's been a really great program to learn not only how to be a better musician, learn more about music every day, but also how that is applicable to the real world of, yeah. of commerce and trade and, and sell. And there's, there's a really amazing intersection of the art and the sale of the art and the, mm. the commerce side of it that I think is in every form of art is really important to learn about and really beautiful. Once you are profiting off of something that you really like, that is a really great feeling.
1: You're living out your purpose, loving it. What you're talking about reminds me of the giants like Quincy Jones and David Foster. They're great musicians, but they're also, yeah. they recognize talent. Their heart is in producing and, you know, just really cranking out great sounds. Now that you're in New York, and I know this is not a good year for New York or for anywhere, but New York is the hub of theater and jazz clubs. The first year I moved into the city, the first week, a friend of mine, we went down to the Village Vanguard, and there was like maybe fifteen people in the whole club, and Pat Metheny was playing, who backs up Joni Mitchell. Jeez, yeah, so it was it was amazing. So I know you would frequent these jazz clubs when they were open. So, what are some of your favorite clubs?
0: Yeah, I I did definitely every single week go to as many jazz clubs and see as much live music as I possibly could last year when I was a freshman Smalls was one of my favorite places Mm -hmm. that place was you could just see the intensity on these jazz performers faces when they went up there they this was serious for them and it's just so effortless at the same time it just made me kind of fall in love with jazz and staying there until 3 a.m. witnessing history being made and nobody really knows it I, I don't know. It was crazy, and all I mean, Blue Note was one of my favorites to walk by oh, I love and and, and 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 just look in, and and go in a couple times. And my my all time favorite that I went to, literally every week, every Sunday, uh, was La Lanterna, on McDougal Street. Yeah, and it was a it's it's a, just a small small club and a small little viewing area, for a, for a band to be. Uh, that was the first time I walked down McDougal around September last year, I remember hearing just this enchanting, amazing sound of jazz guitar. And I had literally never heard anything like it. And I did not know where it was coming from. And I looked down and I saw, I saw him and I saw this, this uh, amazing jazz guitarist. And I didn't know if I was old enough to go in yet because I was, I'm not 21 and you have to be 21 for a lot of places. And I didn't have an ID. And so I kind of just sat by the sat by the uh. window and kind of just stared and i kind of worked up the confidence to go in and look like as 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 old as i possibly could but it was it was an incredible experience to, uh. to just see the best jazz guitarists and the best music that i've ever heard live in my life it was it was an unparalleled experience and just amazing who
1: are some of the artists that have influenced you
0: yeah uh, there's been a long string of them. And ever since I was a kid, it was mostly classical, uh, classical music that really excited mm-hmm. me about the possibility of making music. But the people who really woke me up out of the uh, out of the classical world were artists like uh, John Mayer and Jack Johnson and also rappers like Kendrick Lamar and uh, Eminem and Mac Miller really inspired me to see music as like a light, Lifetime and a discography and you can look into their life by listening to their music and they're just uh, the level of honesty that I see in a lot of singer-songwriters music and rappers music is really incredible it is so it's just jaw-dropping to me to witness a person's life honestly through their discography and so I kind of went through a weird phase of just listening to the Beatles and mm-hmm. Eminem and Kendrick Lamar in in middle school, the Beatles kind of brought way to Eric Clapton and Cream and James Taylor and Joni Mitchell and and the world of kind of classic rock and the amazing essence of beautiful sonically crafted, lyrically gifted individuals that make music that's just timeless. It also paved the way to more current artists like John Mayer and and Jack Johnson. They're just their guitar skills are are amazing and kind of inspired me to get be as good as I possibly could be on guitar because it's the possibilities of what you can do on a guitar are mm-hmm. amazing. And Mac Miller too is a really big inspiration to me. It changed wonderful. my life and it uh, and rap music as well as singer songwriting music and jazz oh, and wonderful. current day artists like jazz guitarists like mm-hmm. uh, like Peter Mazza, whether they know it or not, they've changed my life for the better.
1: Well, you have your own music, Weatherman and Getaway but this past April, you did a huge undertaking. You produced an album. And let me see if I get this right. Entre Celantre's Greatest Hits, Deluxe Edition. You went from soup to nuts on this. Tell us about this process.
0: It was the most amount of love that I've ever poured into something before. Mm-hmm. And it was my best friend and rapper, Entre Celantre. He kind of came to me and he wanted to make an album. And I said, I think that can totally be done and i think i'm i'm ready to make a full 100% produced album and this was 100% produced by me and i can't express how proud i am of this album because we wanted to create something and tell a story and give meaning to things that other artists and other rappers weren't saying and what you won't find in, in a lot of rap music is like really incredibly introspective music and lyrics and feelings and that's what we tried to do and try to make a sonic experience from beginning to end mm-hmm. that touches like the inner soul. And I would love anybody and everybody to listen to this album because it's if you're uncomfortable listening to it or, or it, it's provocative to you or or if it makes you feel like, whoa, this I've never heard anything like this before. It's because we, we tried to make it that way. We really wanted to set ourselves apart and make something truly original from beginning to end, I think it, it takes you on a journey and transports you. And this is the first album of, of many, I hope that I get to make with Andre I You know, when
1: rap first came on the scene, I really thought it would be a short fly-by-nighter, but it <laughs> A genre that's right up there with country, jazz, classic rock. um, Yeah. It's not going anywhere. And I know you have a really strong passion to work more in that genre. William, another component to Pressing Beyond is the obstacles we face to what we have to press beyond to live out our calling. And you're young. I don't know how many obstacles you face, but I think when people have accomplished much, they've gone through something. But I'd be curious to hear if you had any challenges along the way.
0: Yeah, I think everybody's had their own unique experience of obstacles and challenges. And I wanna say uh, that this podcast, I mean, that's a really great question to ask your, uh, your guests. And it's a really great message and, and uh, provoking question that we can all ask ourselves. And it's a really great narrative for this podcast. Um, and I've listened to a couple other episodes, and it's really unique to listen to others talk about their obstacles and their their hardships and how they've overcome them. Obviously, everybody's is incredibly different, but uh, at the core of it, I really think that we're all kind of in the same boat and experiencing, you know, different sides of the same coin. It's all relatable to some degree. So I hope some people find my hardships relatable. What I what I found. Recently, and most recently in many people's lives, I'm sure, with the COVID era, uh, it's been difficult to uh, connect. And for the musicians that want to jam and collaborate and to perform and create intimate experiences for their fans and their, the people that want to listen to their music, it's become really difficult. And that can definitely change the way that you, you make music. Mm-hmm. And it can definitely just hinder your abilities. Being stuck inside all day and being told to be as uh, good of a citizen as you possibly can, it, it can be difficult to continue that inspiration in your day alone. And it's, uh, it's difficult. And I, I think a lot of people that are creative and, and long for uh, connection and collaboration can get behind that. Yes. And it's so... it's. It's, it's a strange, strange time, and I wouldn't have imagined something like this to happen. I have many friends that I just call on the phone and, and ask how they're doing, and when I'd love to really just jam with them and be able to be with them in person. And it just feels like everybody's very far apart right nice. now. But I think uh, overcoming it from within and being inspired on your own watch and by yourself, like well like one of like two quotes that really really get me through. Is one, one of them is Picasso, and he says, inspiration finds you working. And oh, yeah. I think about that so much now, because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a very true statement that mm-hmm. if you are working, you have already met inspiration halfway.
1: Absolutely.
0: And the other quote that has really gotten me through was Entree Salon. Uh, or I don't think Andre Cilantro made it, but he definitely coined it, I think, to me. Dreaming is free dreaming as big as you can as small as you can as, as as well as you can and as often as you can that is 100% free Absolutely. and dreaming for your passion is something that can come to you very naturally and easily and the rest of it and the time that it takes is not free to 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 achieve those dreams but yes. the dreaming of that Is something that you can do inside all day, every day.
1: Absolutely. And it's boundless. I mean, there's no end to it. I said in a recent podcast, the day we stop dreaming is the day we start dying. (laughs) So I agree. It's a bit early and you still have to graduate. And we now know we can never say to anybody, what's your plan for the next five years? Because this year proved to us you can't really make plans and count on them. But what would you like to be doing when you graduate?
0: That's a great question. And I I really feel as though it's it's difficult to answer that because it's everybody's kind of looking mm-hmm. one or two months ahead right now and kind of saying, all right, I can do that or living day by day right now. The whole idea of the entertainment industry is kind of COVID pending and hoping that Uh, Everything gets better in our world soon within the next couple of years. And when I graduate in a couple of years, I uh, really hope to be making music with as many musicians as possible Mm -hmm. and touring with other people and refining and mastering my own art of making music a sonically pleasant and enjoyable and perfect experience for artists who can't really do that. And I'd love to be a mixing engineer, take other people's work, refine it and make it that sonically pleasing and enjoying sound because it's one thing to create a really good song and a, a really, really great melody and to be a really great musician, but without the, the abilities to put it all together in a, in a sonic experience that is perfect for the car or the headphones that you're listening to it in. And so I'd make my own music because at the end of the day, that's what people really want. And you know
1: something with your talent, your skills, your passion and tenacity, that is going to happen. So Will, where can people find you on social media? I mean, you're on iTunes. Where can people connect with you and follow you?
0: Yeah. My main way of connecting to fans is through Instagram. And so if you look at my Instagram handle, it's the at symbol at Will underscore campy. So it's, at W-I-L-L underscore C-A-M-P-I.
1: Okay, that's great. And you can
0: find all covers that I'll I'll release uh, and my next project that I'll release probably early next year.
1: I want to thank you so much with your passion. It's very contagious. You're very fortunate to know what you want to do and you love what you do and you do it well. I thank you so much for giving us the time and sharing your wonderful story.
0: Hey, well thank you so much for having me on the podcast, Linda.
1: Okay, have a great day.
0: come from